we're talking about the authority of the servant. Last week, we um, gave you all the definition, all those type of things of what authority was, what it meant, and you can get the DVD or you can also download it to your iPod or to uh, all these electronic devices that you may have uh, from, uh, I, I don't know what they're called. What do they call, Nate, the thing you lost? iPad, iPod? Okay. Uh, you can download it on those things like that. Uh, but um, whatever it is, if you want to know what we're talking about, what we talked about last time, because I'm not going to go over that. It was so awesome. Uh, because, not because I taught it, but because I learned something. So that was, that was really cool. Uh, now, what we want to do today, uh, we're going back over the servant, okay, hood of, of Jesus. Uh, and I asked Laurie Mitra to come because I wanted to give us an opportunity to walk the scripture out. A lot of times we talk about the scripture, but we don't have an opportunity to walk it out. You remember I told you in Ephesians chapter 11 that the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, they are given to us for the equipping of the saints for works of service. Well, what are we providing as elders uh, for you to serve? How, what ways are you, we're, we're asking you to serve? Or providing for you? Well, we have the Jefferson House. There's a ministry that you can serve in uh, once a month. Uh, we go over and we teach. Uh, we have a full blown service. We have a, when our worship leaders go over there, they lead worship. We have somebody to bring the message and we, plus we feed them. Uh, this is once a month. We have the Carrington House, which we go once a month over to the nurse home and we uh, proclaim the gospel there. We encourage the saints, uh, but we needed more things. So I asked Laura, Peach, uh, Laura Meacher to come and I said, well, I, I want to find other things for us to do uh, and, and Laura is one of the, she is the executive director of Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center. And uh, we, we support, uh, help support that ministry and other ministries also once a month. Uh, some of you don't know that we do that, but we do. We, uh, we give to other ministries every single month of the year. We do that. Laura, would you come up, please? Let's give a hand, would you? And I asked Laura, I said, Laura, what are some of the things we can get involved in? And I said, because uh, I just don't know what you do. So she, uh, we, we talked on the, on the phone. I was, I was trying to get off the phone, but uh, I found someone who, who really, she loves her, what she does, man. So, so she talked. So, Laura, tell us anything you want to tell us about your ministry. Come on over here in the, in the center, and, and you can take the mic and go for it. Okay, thank you, Pastor Willie. It is just an honor to be with all of you today. And first, I just want to thank you all for your faithful support of our ministry and for doing the collection that, um, that I just saw when I got here. We're very grateful for all the community and this church body coming together to support us. Pastor Willie has given me a list of questions so because I really could talk about our ministry. I'm very passionate about it. I love it. Um, the Lord is doing many great things right now. But let me just kind of give you the basics for what we do. It's a very important topic. Um, the, the statistics on abortions, there is, has been nearly 55 million lives lost to abortion since it became legal in 1973. If you take a moment just to think about that, 55 million souls lost to abortion. 
those babies' lives are lost, and there are women and men, the mothers and the fathers' lives, who have been dramatically altered by that choice as well. So it's really something to consider. One in three women will have at least one abortion by age 45. That's in and out of the church, one in three. One in seven girls will have at least one abortion by age 20. The statistics are staggering, and so we cannot ignore them. So the Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center is there to educate women and men. We also have a men's ministry when, on all aspects when they're facing an unintended pregnancy. A woman has three options, abortion, adoption, and parenting. And so we are there to educate her and him, the father, about all of her options. Let me be clear that we do not do abortions and we do not refer for abortion, but we do educate about the spiritual, emotional, and physical side effects of abortion. The age range that we see, uh, our clients are as young as 11 and as old as 54 for pregnancy test. Uh, The greatest age range that we see is college age. But we also have women well into their 70s who I help with post-abortion counseling and Bible studies. Abortion dramatically alters every aspect of a woman's life. And so we want to be able to help her and see her set free through Christ through a post-abortion Bible study. That's something that I have done for 22 years. Um, I am actually one of the one in three statistic. I had an abortion at age 18, uh, married the father, and it dramatically altered my life and his life and ultimately our entire family. God is good, and he is our redeemer, and he has healed me emotionally, physically, and spiritually, as well as my husband and our marriage. But I just want you to know that abortion is a far-reaching, you know, it, is affected, it has affected all of our four children's lives. Um, they have a sibling who is in heaven. And so they understand what the ramifications of choosing abortion is. It's, abortion is a very harsh reality. And, and so we need to be able to address it and educate our youth uh, and educate women in general about, about, about it. So the purpose of our, educate, of our organization is to educate the women and the men. And we started a men's ministry about a year and a half ago because men are the other side of the pregnancy equation. They play a huge role in whether or not a woman will choose life or not, whether you know, he is supporting her or he is not supporting her. And we also want to educate the parents of teenagers who are, a lot of times, they're trying to protect their own baby. They're trying to say, well, this isn't the plan I had for her. This is going to ruin her life, you know, if she she carries on with the pregnancy. But what they don't realize is how it will affect her life if she has an abortion. See, God has designed women to nurture and protect their children. And so when an abortion takes place, it's the exact opposite of that. And so will affect a woman to the very core of her being. And it's the same for men. God has designed men to be protectors of their families. And so when they're part of an abortion decision, it's going to affect them to the very core of who God designed them to be. We do not receive any government funding uh, because we do not want the government telling us what we can do or say. We share the gospel with all of our clients because no matter what their crisis, we believe that Jesus Christ is their greatest need. And so we have to be able to offer the hope of Christ to them right there in their situation. So we are funded by churches like you, uh, by individuals throughout the community, 
and through a certain a, a few businesses and fundraisers that we do throughout the year. So we really need the body of Christ getting behind us to keep our doors open. So that's why we are so grateful for your faithful support. There are a lot of ways that people can get involved with our pregnancy center. Uh, we have about 100 volunteers that do a variety of things. You can go through our counseling uh, program and become a peer counselor. All of our counselors are peer counselors. We do not have any professional counselors, but we have a very solid training, biblical training, to train our counselors. And that's for men and for women, because we need men speaking to the young men that come into the center. You can also help with our events. We have several events throughout the year, and we need, we have a banquet. We'll have a walk for life in October. We had a golf tournament yesterday. Um, so there's several things that we do throughout the year that fund us, that keep us going. Uh, Spirit FM did an amazing fundraiser for us last year where we wound up raising $146,800 to purchase a brand new mobile unit. That's part of our ministry that we can get outside of our brick and mortar building and go out into the community, community where the women are. Uh, and we can, you know, if they can't get to us, we definitely can get to them. We also are on the internet where if there's a woman in our area that is searching where she can get an abortion, our ad will pop up. She can click on it. We have phones that we are actually transferred to our cell phones at night so that we can meet women who are abortion-determined right where they are, take the mobile out on a Friday or a Saturday, and be able to talk with them. And that has been an incredible addition to our ministry. So we really need awareness. We want people to know that it's out and about. You can help. We have a Mommy and Me boutique um, that has maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers, wipes, pretty much everything that a child needs until they're two years old. So we have a parenting and life skills program where clients can take parenting classes, prenatal classes, Bible studies. They can memorize scripture. And then as an incentive, we give them mommy stamps and daddy stamps, and that's what they spend in our boutique. Because everything that we do is free and confidential. But we do have that incentive program so that we can pour into them spiritually and minister the hope of Christ to them. Lord, may I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Uh, go back to the mobile unit again. What actually... Does it do? You, you said you go out at night. I mean, what it's, do you do? It's essentially our ministry on wheels. It does have an ultrasound on board. It's 31 feet long. It's beautiful. So there, when you step aboard, there's a couch and there's a counseling chair so that we can counsel a young couple or a woman. And then she can get an ultrasound right there on board. An ultrasound is a tremendous tool that we have at the center and on the mobile because greater than 88% of women who see their babies on ultrasound sound will choose life. They make that instant connection. Uh, we had a client even this week um, that she was abortion determined and when she got back into the ultrasound and she saw her baby she just started to cry and she said I didn't realize it looked like that. You know in her mind she's still thinking you know cells, tissue and but there's a baby and you can see the baby's heart beating. A lot of times you can see them sucking their thumb. A lot of times they'll move their hands, their feet. It really is a precious thing for a woman and a man to be able to see their babies. Uh, because that's the reality. 
Um, you know, I remember even with, you know, my own husband thinking back all those years ago that, you know, when I started getting help uh, for choosing abortion, he would say, stop calling it a baby. You know, it wasn't a baby yet. It couldn't have been. They wouldn't do that. And that really is still the mentality today that, you know, people don't see this as their baby. And so that's what we're here to help them through. I had a young couple come aboard the mobile about a month ago, and you know, they were abortion determined. They found us on the internet. They were searching for where they could go and get an abortion. And, and we were able to meet them late on a Saturday afternoon. And um, I was aboard the mobile that day. And this, you know, I got to tell this young girl um, everything that I wish someone had told me at 18 and tell this young man everything that my husband wished somebody would have told him. And they were just, you know, astounded and just, you know, started crying. They got to see their baby that day. And, you know, they were just like, you know, thank you so much. You know, it really makes a difference when we can tell the truth. We speak the truth in love. We're a very compassionate ministry. Um, we are non-political. Uh, we are not affiliated with any one particular church or denomination. And, you know, we just want to speak the truth in love, and we want to help them no matter what they decide. And unfortunately, if they do choose to abort, we, we still are there for them to minister the hope of Christ, because at some point, they will need us. And even with their mobile unit, how can people get involved with that mobile unit? Because it's already been purchased now. It has been purchased, but we have to operate it. It, it costs about $100 a week right now in gas, but it really costs about $250 to fill up that tank. So if, and that's just being out three to four days a week if we have an emergency call on the weekend. But we really want to have that mobile out eventually five or six days a week. And, you know, it just it costs to operate the ultrasound for the medical supplies, for the pregnancy test. Uh, so we just, our budget has gone up, so we really, you know, need, again, the body of Christ to get behind us and just help us reach the public. You know, greater than probably 90% of our clients that come see us will profess to be Christian, and they are in the church, they are being taught that, but that yet they're just in this crisis. So we need to be there to help them, you know, see the whole picture and help them you know, define who they are in Christ and what, how God views abortion. We want to be able to, you know, minister the hope of Christ to them. Now, suppose we want to be a, a counselor, a counselor and things like that. Can we share the gospel with them? Absolutely. In fact, that's a requirement, <laughs> that we share the gospel with all of our clients. That's one of my personal passions, and so I love to help equip our counselors to share the gospel if they feel intimidated to do that. It's very easy to do, and it really is what we're there to do. We might just have one opportunity with this person, so we want to offer them the gospel. Now, we are busy people in the United States. Uh, how can we get involved being a counselor? Because I know you say you would train us, but now how much time does it take to train uh, a person? Because we work during the day also. 
Right. Well, the actual counselor, counselor training is about five weeks long, and it's two nights a week for five weeks from like 7 to 9 p.m. And then once you finish that, you can come into the center and shadow a counselor and then observe a counselor. And then when you become comfortable, a counselor will observe you. So it's a process. You're not just set out on your own. And then we would like to have somebody commit to one day a week, maybe three or four hours a day for that one day a week. So three or four hours per week okay. after the counselor training. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Do, we, do you have that many girls who, and fellows to counsel? Do you need somebody? We, that's else? always probably one of our greatest need for volunteers is counselors because the people are out there that need to be counseled, and we can only take in so many for as many counselors as we have. And we can see anywhere from 60 to 150 clients per month right now. We had, last year we had over 2,000 client visits. Uh, and what we did, 612 pregnancy tests and 294 ultrasounds last year. Uh, and so we definitely need people. If, if, that's, if God is calling you that, we will definitely equip you. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting because I know that uh, we pray uh, to, for, for this nation because we want to end abortions and things like that. Uh, but to have an opportunity to really do something about that. You know, to add with our prayer to even go over, because I think y'all are uh, maybe on the internet. You know, you're not as an abortion clinic. You're not there, no. uh-huh. but it's but it's something dealing with why they will come, right. want an abortion, but come to you. And how are you listed on? on, on the we are listed as a, an abortion alternative. Um, because obviously mm-hmm. we do not do abortions, and sometimes I think the Lord just covers people's minds or eyes mm-hmm. as to that or they don't know what alternative means and so they will call us because it will say abortion um, education we educate about abortion mm-hmm. wow. and you know I had I did have a client one time who because we used to have a Planned Parenthood right around the corner from us I don't know if you all remember that here in Lynchburg uh, they closed a few years ago but uh, they didn't do abortions here but they did refer to their other Planned Parenthoods and this young girl said she th- I realized as I was counseling with her that she thought she was at Planned Parenthood and I said, do you think you're a Planned Parenthood? And she said, yeah, I'm not. And I said, no. Didn't you see our sign that said Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center? And she said, well, yeah, but I thought you changed your name. And I said, no. And she said, do you do the same thing that Planned Parenthood does? And I said, no, we don't. And I told her what we did. And she, she went, do you think God sent me here? <laughs> <laughs> you right. know, so the Praise people Lord. just come. Yeah. The Lord yeah. brings who he wants to hear mm-hmm. the truth. Right. What else can we get involved with? We know we can give towards the mobile unit. We know we can um, uh, hear just talk about something about uh, you give free things to the people who come. And uh, suppose uh, we had a lady who wanted to teach a Bible study or something, wanted, wanted to try to kind of disciple somebody because obviously just getting them saved, we want to get them discipled too. Exactly. What, can, what can we do? In that realm. If there is someone who would like to teach a Bible study or teach a parenting class, you would still go through our, um, our counselor program because you would be having one-to-one client contact. But if that would be your interest where you would just like to come teach a Bible study, we will work that out. If there is a particular study that you would like to teach, then we will promote that to our clients and try and get a study going because that's definitely what we love to do. And we have an ongoing, we have several studies at the pregnancy center that you can choose from or if you have an idea for one that you'd like to talk about, we're open to that as well. I think you give more points for people who 
We give more stamps to our clients if they will uh, do a Bible study over. I mean, we want to educate them parent-wise also, but we do give them a little bump if, um, in stamps if they will take a Bible study. Or learn, memorize a scripture. If they will memorize one scripture that they can recite to us, then we will give them more stamps for that. Now, what do the stamps buy? The maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers, wipes, crib sheets, bath towels, everything that we have in our Mommy and Me boutique is what they are purchasing. And and what what fills up this boutique if you're giving all these things away free? We have churches that do baby showers for us on a regular basis, and people that donate clothing, women's groups, just all kinds of things, just like you all did for us that I'll be taking back to the center. That's how we are funded, so to speak, in our Mommy and Me boutique, and as well, Spirit FM, did, they do a diaper drive for us twice a year, and we have right now probably over eight to 10,000 diapers uh, right now in one of our rooms from the Spirit FM. So the community really comes together to support us that way. And those are wonderful ways to give, us, uh, to, give to us, though they don't keep our lights on and our doors open, so we also need, uh, we did bring baby bottles today. Um, that, um, if you all would like to take home a baby bottle and fill it up with spare change or you know, dollars or a check or whatever you'd like to give, uh, we will, um, that really is what keeps our doors open for us. So if you'd like to do that. Now, now a baby bottle. Now, now how, how long does it take to fill this thing up? Well, it's, <laughs> it's up to you all. The, most churches usually keep them four to six weeks, um, and then we will come back and pick them up. And, you know, however, however you all want to do that. Hey, George, can you give me, give me one of those baby bottles out of that box, please, brother? Let's see one of these things. I'm, I don't have a uh, large change. I, I just use my um, check card because that's all I use. I, don't, I, don't, I have a little change in my ashtray, a little pennies. Of what I, right. But this thing, it's going to take a lot of money. How much does it really cost on average to fill this thing up for four weeks for a month now? It depends on what you put in there. Some people <laughs> fill it up with pennies. Some people fill it up with quarters. Some, it's a mixture, some dollars. Some just people just put a check in there. So it's, it's really, they average about, you know, 20 to $25 a bottle, just okay. depending on what someone has on hand. Okay, so I can take one of these, and even though I don't have change, I can just stick a check for $20, $25 in there to Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center, yes, and sir. then it'll, it'll work. Yes, okay. sir. All right. Okay, four weeks. Now, how many of these did you bring? I brought 50 with me today. Okay. Okay, but you have more. We have almost an unlimited supply. Okay. Hundreds. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay. well, uh, what we want to do as a congregation, uh, we want to take these 50 off your hands, and we want to give them back to you next month this time. Okay, and, and you say average about $20, $25, something like that. I want to do that now. How do I know what my money is going towards now? I mean, because, you know, yeah, so you have this mobile unit, you have boutique, you have, but now who pays for the lights? Who pay? I know here at this church, we got air conditioning, but y'all get, get yours free? No, we don't get okay. ours free. <laughs> okay. uh, no, that really comes from our operational funds, our operational support. Um, unless you designate funds, which you are very much welcome to do if you would like to give for a gas card for the mobile or if you just want to give toward whatever we might need, it's up to you. But it's really that monthly support that somebody will give us or the baby bottles. If it's not designated, goes to pay for everything that we do to keep us going. Okay, so filling up a baby bottle can go towards 
the the overhead expense that you're going to have. Yes, unless you put that. something in there designating it for something mm-hmm. specific. Okay, okay. Well, that's great. Is there anything else we need to know? You told me something about a shower, and I, I didn't totally understand because you said it, it's a baby something. You called it a name. I said, I never heard of that. You said, that's because you're a man. And I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so right. what is that? That was a baby layette, and that is not part of our... Um, parenting and life skills program that's a gift that we give to our clients when they have their babies and it's basically a big duffel bag a handmade duffel bag full of um, brand new baby clothes size zero to six months um, crib sheet bath towels diapers wipes all the toiletry items that we give to a new mom when she has her baby so we call it a baby shower in a bag okay so we actually can't have a young lady come here, we give them a shower, we give the center a shower, and then you give them this baby layette? Or who yes, because everything is confidential at our center. Unless you have been through the training program, we do not do client contact with anyone outside just to protect their confidentiality. And if anybody would like to see our center, I love to give tours of our center. And John and Pastor Willie, I think, are coming out Tuesday so they can see hands-on what we do. I would love to show anyone that. If they are interested, just give me a call at the center anytime. Okay. And, and um, this Layette, baby Layette, suppose we have women who want to shop. You know, people like to shop for, for babies. Suppose, suppose they want to do that rather than giving money towards it. How can they do that? They can, uh, anything that you would give to a newborn, um, newborn clothes, size zero to six months, you could buy crib sheets, bath towels, pacifiers, you know, baby bath, baby lotion, um, diapers, just anything that you would give to a newborn, you can purchase that and give that to the center and that will be put in a layout for a new mom. Well, we really want to get behind you even more than we already do uh, because when you told me that I think that most of your clients that come are in the range of 20, what did you say? The greatest age range that we see is probably between 19 and 30, or 19 and 28. Right. And we have all these colleges here in in, in the city, and the kids are away from home a lot of times, and uh, they probably come to you, and we want to be a part of saving lives. That's what we want to do. Amen. Thank you. We know that life is very important to the heart of God because he is the author of life. And, you know, when someone who is abortion determined comes in, I see her and then see her at the end of her pregnancy and she puts this baby in my arms. It's incredible Mm -hmm. to know that you were part of saving that life. There's nothing like it. So and you all are all a part of that because of your giving toward us. So thank you. Let's give Laura a hand. Thank you, Laura. We're going to have the bottles available at the service, and I've already uh, stepped out on faith in saying that we're going to, we're going to take these bottles. Uh, so we have 50 of these bottles, and what I want to do probably is put this box on the stage so that you can get them as you leave. And those that are left, that means that the elders have to do. Yay! And I hope you leave in some. But if you don't leave me in it, it's okay because uh, we're going over at 10 o'clock, I think, on Tuesday. Is that right? 10 o'clock on Tuesday. And we can get some more. 
Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do this thing. Uh, can, can we do this thing? Okay, we're, we're going to do this thing. Let's give God a hand for what he's doing. And let's go right into uh, part two of the message. Now, we, we talked about servanthood. Remember last week? We talked about servanthood. Now we have put feet to it. We're actually going to serve, and now you know where you've been given to. You've been given to the Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center for, for I don't know how long we've been doing that now, but you've been doing it. So we're going to just take it to a higher level because God um, said that he has sent his servant to die for us and, that, and to raise again. So we'll be raised with him, and we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So we are excited about saving other souls. So I know that uh, a lot of many people in the body of Christ all over the, the United States, they haven't had the opportunity to lead someone to the Lord. So I'm excited about doing that. And I know that you're busy, I'm busy, uh, but we can all do what God has called us to do. And you can't do it all, but you can do your part. Some in prayer, some in going over and, and putting hands on. We're going to do this thing because we have, according to Mark, and turn to chapter 1, we have the greatest example of servanthood in our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we left off at verse 28. And we're talking about the power that, that Jesus had and the power that he gave to his disciples when he sent them out. We talked about you having power, you having authority. We talked about that authority is not just um, uh, someone who has the right to do it, but authority meaning also that you have the uh, might to do it. We talked about that. So let's look in verse 29, chapter 1, verse 29. Now, Jesus also had power over disease and and over uh, demons. It says, and immediately after they came out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John was with them. Now, we know Jesus was with them also. Now, Simon's mother-in-law, so we know Peter was married. His mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever and immediately... They spoke to Jesus about her. So they knew that Jesus had the authority uh, to do something about that. And I don't know whether you've been uh, sick before with a fever, but fever usually, uh, we have nurses in here and RNs and things. I, I know that usually when I get a fever, it's not the fever that's causing me to be sick. It's whatever I have that's causing me to have a fever. So when it says here that she had a fever, something was wrong with her to get this fever. Uh, is that right, uh, nurses over there? Is that right? You have something like that? Okay. Just want to make sure I'm okay with that. Now, when he, when he did that, he said that he came to her, in verse 31, and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her, and she waited on them. So now when the fever left, I know sometimes uh, after the fever leaves me and my temperature goes down, I'm still a little weak sometimes. I know I had pneumonia and, and I know I was kind of sick. It took me a little while to recover. It didn't take her any length of time to recover. She was raised up and she went to serve. So that's, that's, that's I mean, that's powerful healing. 
And it says, when evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. So we have two types of people that were, uh, they were bringing to Jesus, those who, were, who had illnesses and also those who were demon-possessed. So we know that we have people who are ill today. We know we have people who are demon-possessed today. Uh, the demons didn't leave when Jesus left. Uh, by all means, they did not. So that means that he expects us to do what he was doing. Because you remember last week, uh, we, I think it was in Luke probably chapter 9, we talked about him sending the, the, the disciples out. You remember that? And he gave them power over diseases and over demons. And so, oh my goodness, this is awesome. So that means that when we go out, we're supposed to go out with the same power, the same authority that, um, that he has and that he has had delegated because it says in John 17 that he delegated that authority. That he sent us just like the Father sent him into the world. He sent us into the world. We said that. So demons still uh, exist. And what I want to do is to make sure when we send people to the mission field, when we send people to different places, from now on what I want to do is make sure they've gone through a series of classes so that they'll be equipped for the type of work that they're going out out to do because if if these things exist if illnesses exist do they exist in foreign nations absolutely uh do you think demons exist in foreign nations absolutely well then do do they exist in the united states absolutely and we said that uh even in the synagogue we had a man who was healed we know that it's in the church too so we do have people who are oppressed by the devil we have people who are, who are um they 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 just harassed by the enemy, we need the power of God to do something about it. So we need people taking classes so they'll know uh, what to do. And I would suggest that don't be the type of person that you say, well, look, I don't need that. I don't need to know anything about that. All I need to do is just go out and witness. You want to be equipped, just like if you were a mechanic, you want to be equipped to handle all the things that mechanics do. They're going to, matter of fact, they're going to send you to school. Uh, I know that... um, uh, Jack's son, y- your son, he went to school to be able to work on vehicles. And so we need to go to school to be able to work on what God has called us to do. Because the world, they're going to get um, uh, trained. When I was a teacher, they, I had to go to college. They had to, and you still, even though you're a teacher and already maybe have your master's, all those type of things, you're still going to go back to school because they're going to have you renew that certificate. So they're always going to increase the education. We need to do that. We're going to try to send the, uh, some of our young people, our teens and, and, and some of our young people to Florida on a mission trip this, this, um, this summer. And I asked some of the youth uh, to go, and I had one to say, yes, I want to go, I want to go. I said, where are we going? I don't know, but I want to go. I said, okay, <laughs> okay, we're going, to, we're going to take you to. And um, they are willing to do something. They are willing to go. They, they are here all summer. They are out of school. Can we send them on a mission trip? I believe, yeah, we can. Uh, Lee Grieville and Jan, they said, look, we got this condominium down in Florida, and all you had to do is just send somebody, and you can stay in our place. Uh, all we need is you to get down there. And seafarers, they have a lot of things for you to do. We want to send somebody there. We already have uh, Andrea and um, her husband, uh, Jesse. They're going to Oklahoma, but they also, she's going to, to Baja, and she's going to do ministry there. So we're doing our part in what we call our global outreach. 
That's what we're going to be calling our outreach now, our global outreach, because global is right here, 25, uh, 525 Old Grays Mill Road. Is that on the globe? It's on the globe. Your house is on the globe. Your, your, your next door neighbor is on the globe. Um, Lynchburg is on the globe. Everywhere over on the globe. We're everywhere from, from here, we're going to be in Jerusalem. We're going to be uh, in uh, Samaria, Judea, and the other most parts of the world. We want to be doing the work of ministry. That's what we want to be doing. So I had to find somebody that can take them. Uh, Debbie, when I was on the phone with you yesterday, I forgot to ask you, uh, can you go on this mission trip? And I know you don't want to go because, because you don't like going on mission trips, right? Yeah, I was talking to John about it, and John said, look, man, Debbie is ready to go. She always have a bag packed. You know, she, she's talking to me about always, let's go somewhere. Let's go on a mission trip. So Debbie, I know, is mission-minded. So we're going to try to get somebody to go. I've already talked to uh, Andrea about it, and she said, hey, um, Dave and, and Joe Beth, they're going to have the baby. But they already told me that they'll have somebody to take my place uh, just for a little while if I want to uh, go on a trip. So I'll go. I said, okay. Uh, so uh, Andrea is a person who's ready to go. She's ready to go, and I think Deb is ready to go. So, matter of fact, that's how you met John, isn't it? On a mission trip, yeah, a cornerstone, because Debbie was actually from uh, one of our sister uh, brother churches, Grace Church in Chapel Hill, and we needed somebody to go with our missions because we had girls going, a lot of girls, and John was the leader, and so we got got somebody from uh, Grace Church. I asked Jared to send somebody and. And Debbie volunteered, so they met each other, and the sparks just flew. Boy, that's really cool, you know. <laughs> that's exciting. So we have to have people prepared to do that. We have a class. Uh, I think, Barry, um, you have a class that you're having right now called the, the God That uh, You Never Knew. Okay, and I think you're going to run that class some more. It's not just one cl- class. I think Elder uh, Sam, he's going to have a class uh, on the gifts of the Spirit because uh, the manifestation of the Spirit, which is in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, oh, that's going to tell you about the miracles. It's going to tell you about all these things that, that God wants us to do. He's going to have a class on that. Uh, I, I had to take a class. I didn't have to take it, but I wanted to take a class, and I did take a class on, um, I guess it's, it's called casting out demons. That's what it was. It was a class on that. And how would you like to go to a class like that? Because you had to have some demons to cast out because, <laughs> because you know, class is not only just education. They also, you got to practice that thing. So, um, so anyway, we, we, we did, we did practice and, um, whenever now we practice and, uh, we have some experience doing that. And that was, that was, um, very interesting. Very interesting to say the least. But it was good. It was good. Um, so we've, we've taken, I think, two classes now dealing with that. And we want to offer classes like that because also we want to have a class that's called Freedom. Freedom. How many know that people need to be set free? We all have sometimes some things that, that we want to be free of. And, and so uh, do you know that there are a lot of people in this world, and in the, in the church also, that is, they're in bondage to different things. And that's why we're having a class called Freedom, because then we can come as a body, and we can also, people come in new, we can have them go through classes uh, to free people up, because what we want is that you don't want to go on a mission field either if you're not free yourself, because if you're not free yourself, then you'll be trying to minister to somebody who's not free 
And how many know that the demons know each other? Oh, they, they're, not, they're not ignorant. They know each other. So, so we don't, don't want to, uh, them to gang up and things like that. So we'll have, have that called freedom. So we have some things in store that we're trying to do. Let's go a little bit further in this, um, in this chapter here. And it says here, verse 33, And the whole city had gathered at the door. Now, they are still at the same house, at Simon's house. He had already healed a mother-in-law. They are there. Are you sure you want to pay the price to be able to do the works of God? Are you sure you want to pay the price for that? Because if you say, I want to do the works of God, I want God to use me, then you have to be available to be used. Because, see, Jesus didn't have a deck on the back of his house. Uh, Simon didn't have a deck on the back of his house. And so they can't get back, go back out there and hide from people and cook out, you know, on, on days like, <laughs> like today we're going to watch the Super Bowl. See, we're going to, not the Super Bowl, but we're going to watch this game that's coming on. What's this game coming on? Oh, we got a game coming on tonight. Um, okay, the Spurs versus the Heat. Okay. Why are you doing it? Why are you saying it like that, man? You act like I'm supposed to know this thing, yeah? <laughs> you, you know, you act like you, act like you discussed it with me because I don't know that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually know it because I would be over at his house looking at it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but in a way, uh, uh, sometimes you want to cook out and do things like that. They, he couldn't do that. Here, here they, they, they were at this house, and we, we saw the whole city is there. And what are they doing there? They came to be healed. They came for the demons to be cast out. And it says here in verse 34, And he healed many who were ill, and with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Are you willing to pay the price for that? Are you willing to pay the price when you want to go home and eat when you're tired, uh, you come from work and you just want to relax, just lay out, you know? Are you, are, you, are you willing to say, hey, whatever you want me to do, God, whatever you want me to do. He said, I want you to go over here, and I want you to do this right here. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to not to go out anywhere? Uh, I was looking for a, a video type of um, a thing, but I couldn't find one where you, you've seen these movie stars and rock stars and things like that. When they come out, have you seen that before? And people all over, especially girls, ah, here he is, you know. And they, they run, and they, they, you know, they, all over them, you know, they, they had to put on shades and things when they go out because, and put on beers and things, anything that they kind of uh, hide themselves because when, they, when people see them, they, uh, they, they want to uh, autograph. You all have seen that before. I heard about it anyway. Well, what do you think it was like when Jesus went somewhere? He couldn't go anywhere without people seeing him and flocking to him and telling all the whole city about it. They couldn't, they, they couldn't do that. And sometimes he said, look, uh, let's, let's, go, let's, let's go to a, a quiet place. And people see him. And go tell the town, and there's no more quiet, no more. You know, the, the, everybody's over everywhere. Let's look at it in verse um, 3. Um, now let's go uh, to verse 40. Leprosy, it says here. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him, and falling on his knees before him, and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Move with compassion. Jesus stretched out his hand 
and touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. Sometimes we think Jesus is not willing. We think sometimes we know he can, but he might not do this. So we don't have the faith to really stretch out and do that. And I'm here to tell you, and that's what I pray also, is that God increase our faith. Increase our faith. We need more faith. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him, and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer your, for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city. Isn't that something? No longer publicly in a city. Now suppose that was us. We couldn't go to Charlottesville. We couldn't go to Roanoke. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't even enter. Uh, we couldn't even go to the mall. Nowhere we could go. But it says he stayed out of, out in unpopulated areas. And would you want to do that? Would you want to leave your house? Because you know they know where you live. And so they're there all the time. Every morning you get up, they're there. Every evening you come home, they're there. They're waiting outside your job. You can't go anywhere. Jesus paid a price, didn't he? Sometimes we don't think about the price that Jesus paid just, just to do what the Father told him to do because he did nothing that the Father didn't tell him to do. He did nothing that he didn't see the Father do. So he's expecting us to do the same. It says, and they were coming to him from everywhere. People want to be healed. People want to be set free. They really do. Who's going to do it? Jesus is not here. In, in, in bodily form anymore, he's not here. But he says, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. Because if I don't go, then he's not going to come and be with you. And he'll be in you. So when Jesus left, he gave us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in each Christian, and we have God with us. Emmanuel, we have everything we need in us to do the works of ministry, and he's calling us to have faith and to go do the works of ministry. He did more healings outside of the synagogue than he did in the synagogue. He did very few in the synagogue. And I think what we think sometimes is that, um, well, why aren't there more healings in the church? Well, they're not supposed to be in the church. They're supposed to be in the marketplace if we're going to be like our Lord and Savior. But we got to get out in the marketplace. We got to go to places where the people are so we can get them saved, delivered, healed. So that's why we're trying to increase our going, doing the work of the ministry, because in the body, we know we're, we're just growing, getting larger and larger, fatter and fatter, spiritually. That's what we are. And God wants us to use some of the spiritual knowledge that we have and go do the works of ministry. Because that's what he said. He said it. He said that we were created for good works. Is that correct? Okay. We're going to pick it up 
in chapter 2 because I got something in chapter 2 that, I mean, it was so awesome. It was so awesome. And I want to give it to, to, give it to you t- today, but we'll run out of time, and it's okay. If you stay tuned to this station next week, you'll be able to, to hear the, the message that I have because I didn't see this, and I'm sure you already knew it, uh, but I'm slow a little bit. And so what I would need to do is just pick it up and, and, and gather with you. But he showed me something, and I believe that this is going to increase your faith next week. I really believe it.